Ah, the levels. Oh, there are levels. Forgive me. I just woke up in the morning. I'm feeling a little shy and lonely. What's going on, everybody? It's Nearby from CerealAndGrapeJuice.com. I am Nearby on Instagram. I am Nearby on Twitter. I am Nearby at all different Degrassi schools. Every one of them. Public, junior high, high, college, university, med school, all the Degrassis. And speaking of which, it's time for another episode of Degrassi Buddy. It's, t- it's episode three. And in this episode, we are going back. Well, we're still, we're continuing in order for those who might be wondering. For the few who listen to them to this to these uh, podcasts, aka zero, I see the stats, but I'm still doing them anyway because I like watching the show. And why not? Who knows what'll happen in the future? We're going to be airing. We're going to be discussing episodes seven, eight, and nine from season one of Degrassi Junior High, starting with a classic episode. <laughs> episode seven, air date March first, nineteen eighty-seven. Title. The Best Laid Plans. All right, I love this episode. Oh, man. So we start with the bell ringing to end the class. Students are getting out of class, and Mr. Raditz tells Joey that Clumsy is not one of the 32 C's. I wonder if that's a typo. I wonder if it meant two or three C's, but Clumsy's not a C. Joey walks to Stephanie and says that he's Joey D. Jeremiah. D for doctor. I give great operations. (laughs) Stephanie says no thanks. She sees Wheels and shoes Joey away. And Stephanie asks Wheels if he wants to go to a movie on Friday night after she messed up their last date. And he says yes. For those who may not remember, their first date or their last date was when they were supposed to go to the school dance. And Stephanie and the, the twins showed up absolutely plastered because they got into Lucy's parents' alcohol. We get the opening intro. Classic music. Yay. Love it, love it, love it. And then we go to Wheels. Wheels, is, Wheels uh, tells Joey that Stephanie asked him out. And uh, Joey at first is a little, uh, you know, jealous. But then he's like, he's okay, he's cool with it, he's cool, he's, 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 he's happy for his buddy. And Joey tells, every, Joey tells everybody uh, a buddy about it and calls, and uh, no, everybody in the boys' bathroom. We're going to the boys' bathroom for once. Calls Wheels a sex machine. Actually, no, this wasn't in the boys' bathroom. This was in the hallway because Melanie and Kathleen, the other dynamic duo, we're going to get to the original dynamic dynamic duo in this episode, believe me. Melanie and Kathleen hear uh, wheels being called a sex machine and they laugh. And then on her way to the bathroom, as usual, the girls' bathroom, Stephanie celebrates to herself. She's all excited because Wheels is going to give her another shot. Vula's in the bathroom and Stephanie tells Vula about uh, Wheels saying yes and Vula doesn't care and she leaves. Because they're still at each other's throats after uh, Stephanie in episode one uh, used Vula to get elected president and then thanked Joey. Yeah, the twins uh, Heather and Erica walk into the bathroom and, st- and they ask Stephanie if Wheels said yes. Stephanie said that yeah, he said yes, and that Wheels is so sexy. <laughs> Meanwhile, Yick is hiding something from Arthur. And Arthur asks what it is. Yick and Arthur, of course, the original dynamic duo. These two are friggin' great. Yick shows Arthur a, po- Arthur a porno movie called Swamp Sex Robots. <laughs> Arthur says, Swamp Sex Robots? This is pornography. <laughs> and these two are in seventh grade, man. Uh, Yick says he borrowed it from his brother, but he doesn't know yet because his brother is away. But they can't watch it at Yick's place because his grandmother's always home. So Yick suggests that they go to Arthur's mom's to watch it on the weekend, but Arthur doesn't know if the VCR is fixed yet. Yeah, the VCR, yeah. 
All you kids today. Yeah. Yeah, with your friggin' digital. Damn it. Um, let's see. Yick says he needs to find out if it's fixed. Uh, like, Arthur needs to find out if the VCR is fixed because Swamp Sex Robots is so hot, it'll fry your eyeballs. <laughs> and Arthur says, whoa. <laughs> we go back to Stephanie's little friggin' home away from home in the girls' bathroom, and she tells the twins that she's going to wear something sexy. And the wheels' tongue will hang or so sexy that wheels' tongue will hang out. One of the twins asked Stephanie what her mom's going to say when she sees Stephanie dressed up for wheels in her Madonna gear. Stephanie just shrugs it off and they leave the girls' bathroom. Stephanie leaves school. She goes to meet her mom at work where her mom works as a pharmacist in a drugstore. Stephanie finds out that her mom is going out on Friday too. And so she's happy that she can dress sexy for the date without her mom knowing. Because her mom, uh, her parents are divorced. And she's happy that her mom is going to going out and dating and stuff. So Stephanie's pumped. But also she's mainly pumped because, yeah. Yeah, man. Stephanie and Wheels are going to have their own swamp sex robot party, apparently. <laughs> the next day at school, Yick asks why Arthur never told him that uh, he and Stephanie are brother and sister. Arthur says that he never got around to it. Stephanie walks out of, guess where, the girl's bathroom, <laughs> and Arthur says hi to her. Stephanie tells him to buzz off. Arthur says that she can't pretend they're not brother and sister forever, and Steph says that she doesn't talk to 7th graders. Arthur tells her that 7th graders are people too, and then Arthur asks Stephanie about, her, about their mother's weekend plans, and Stephanie tells him that they both have dates, including the mother, and Arthur celebrates with Yick, and Yick says, Swamp sex robots? Here we come. <laughs> ah, I love him. <laughs> Stephanie is then in the library with the twins. And one of the twins says that Wheels is so cute. And it's the same twin, I believe, um, Erica. One of them. <laughs> that actually ends up having a one-night makeout session with, session with uh, Wheels at, uh, at a house party in an episode of Degrassi High. We'll get to that. That's an interesting, interesting episode, especially how Wheels... Uh, deals with it after afterwards, if you want to call it dealing with it. Uh, the twins wonder if Stephanie's going to get physical with Wheels on their date, and what if she? Uh, what will she do if Wheels tries something? Stephanie says that maybe she'll let him, and she says, "You know, I've been on dates before; I can handle it." <laughs> Shane overhears this conversation and tells Wheels in the boys' bathroom that he's going to quote make it with Stephanie. Yeah, he's going to make it. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, man. Back in this day, when a boy asked a girl out, like in junior high and stuff, I never did, but I would always hear how it would happen, and the boy would always go to the, approach the girl and say, will you go with me? Okay, the girl wouldn't say, go where? That, will you go with me means, will you go out with me? But So, yeah, but at Degrassi, no, it, it's called, they're going to make it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. One of the boys in the bathroom calls Stephanie, uh, Stephanie HK, H, for hot. Shane says, we heard her. She's got a plan. And the other kid says that uh, she said she could handle it. <laughs> Wheels says that if she wants it, she'll get it. And uh, Joey's there listening, and he's jealous. Shane and the other kids say in unison, all the way with Stephanie K. Yeah, classic line from uh, old, school, old school Degrassi. All the way with Stephanie K. They leave the bathroom. And uh, who walks out of one of the shitter stalls? None other than Arthur. And uh, he overheard everything, obviously. 
We go back to class. Stephanie gives Wheels a note that says, Wheels, meet me at my house at 7.30. Stephanie. And there's a heart with an exclamation point over the I in Stephanie's name. Everyone sees the note pass and whisper amongst themselves about it. Talking about how Stephanie and Wheels passing on. Stephanie and Wheels are going to do it passing on. So, bloody hell. After class, the twins suggest Stephanie cancel the date. Stephanie tells them that sex is no big deal. She's not a little kid anymore. She's 14. <laughs> Willis sees Steph talking about this and calls her the school sleaze. Man, Vula mad, pulling no punches. She's real pissed still about that whole election thing. <sighs> we see the other awesome dynamic duel, cat duo, Kathleen and Melanie. I love those two. And they're talking about Stephanie and Wheels. Kathleen can't believe the school president is acting like this. Melanie says that if she really loves Wheels, there's nothing wrong with sex. Kathleen says it's not sex that's wrong, it's sex before marriage. <laughs> And Melanie, she, she does know that uh, that uh, that she's that uh, Stephanie and well, probably Wheels as well are only 14, right? Well, these kids don't know shit even today. <laughs> they didn't even know shit back then. We cut to, to a scene on the beach. Wheels is on the beach walking with his dad. And, you know, you get the, there's seagulls in the air. You know, one of those types of scenes. And Wheels asks his dad for advice on sex and when he, uh, how old he was when he lost his virginity. Wheels' dad tells Wheels that he's too young to do it now. Sex isn't something to just do for fun, and 14 is too young. We go back to Stephanie's house. Stephanie asks her mom when she first had sex. <laughs> Stephanie's mom tries to talk about it. She's caught off guard, obviously. And when she tries to talk about it, Stephanie gives up and basically says, No, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But her mom is insisting, and Stephanie says she's not a little kid anymore. As she takes a drink of her milk and gets a classic, a classic milk mustache. <laughs> the next day at school, Joey asks Wheels if he's got any safes. <laughs> safes, as in condoms. <laughs> Vula hears them talking about the safes, <laughs> and she runs to where else? The girls' bathroom, where who else is? Who obviously Stephanie is there, and, she, and uh, Vula asks Stephanie. If uh, if she's really going to do it with Wheels. Stephanie says that she wants Wheels to like him. Or her. <laughs> and maybe she wants to do it too. Vula asks, do you? And then she apologizes to Steph for calling her a sleaze. And uh, thinking that, uh, you know, tonight's going to be the night. Wheels and Joey go to buy some safes <laughs> at the local drugstore. They get to the safe section. <laughs> <laughs> Wheels is apprehensive, but Joey tells Wheels that all the guys are counting on him. And this drugstore happens to be the same drugstore that Stephanie's mom works at. They get to the condom section, and Joey calls out, or Joey says, Oh yeah, safe city. <laughs> Joey goes through the selection. There's French Stallion, Rib Delight, Industrial Strength, and the Variety Pack. <laughs> Seeing that there's nobody around for help, Joey calls out for some service in the safe section. <laughs> Stephanie's mom hears it and comes to help them out. Joey takes off, leaves Wheels alone. Wheels goes up and he buys the, the condoms from Stephanie's mom. As an old lady is looking on <laughs> from behind. And as Wheels uh, is ready to leave, Stephanie's mom, and of course Wheels does not know that this is Stephanie's mom yet. Well, spoiler alert yet. Stephanie's mom gives Wheels some pamphlets about sex. 
We cut back. Arthur arrives at his mother's house, also Stephanie's house, uh, outside with Yick. Yick asks Arthur if it's okay if he invites more people to watch Swamp Sex Robots. Arthur says yes. Arthur wonders what Swamp Sex Robots do exactly. <laughs> Yick smiles and said, says, I don't know, but we'll find out. <laughs> and they high-five each other. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, man, discovering porn as a young boy, I can attest to it. It's quite a, it's quite a, a, uh, it's a life event. <laughs> oh, man. Arthur goes into the house, takes the video out, the Swamp Sex Robots video out, to just gawk at it and look at it again and probably read the uh, reviews. <laughs> he walks into the living room and there's Stephanie sitting on the couch. Arthur quickly hides the video behind his back. He says hi to Stephanie. <laughs> Arthur asks about the rumors about Stephanie and Wheels. Stephanie says that uh, it's none of his business. And uh, Arthur says that uh, even though it's only part-time, he's still her brother and he doesn't like it when people say bad things about her. Stephanie says thanks, but she can take care of herself. Of course she can. She's 14. <laughs> uh, their mom gets home from work. Uh, she sees uh, Arthur's shoes all over the place and automatically knows that he's there because Arthur just leaves his shoes around like a slob apparently. She tells Arthur that uh, her, her date is picking, picking her up at 7.30 which is when Wheels is supposed to arrive. Stephanie hears this as is kind of uh, caught off guard. Arthur calls Yick and tells him, Yick, Swamp Sex Robots, 7.45 my place. <laughs> oh, Sorry. <laughs> When I talk a lot and then laugh, I get my throat gets dry and I cough. I don't have the Rona. It's just I don't talk a lot, period. So when I do, things happen. Uh, let me take a drink real quick. <laughs> Swap sets, robots. <laughs> Wheels leaves for his date. And as he's ready to leave, his dad calls out to him and says, Remember what I told you? Wheels says, No problem. On the way to Stephanie's house, Wheels buys some flowers. And he's got a big smile on his face. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> We go to Stephanie, she's in her room getting ready, and her mom knocks on the door, and when she does, Stephanie freaks and has to cover her up, cover, she has to put on a robe to cover up her Madonna gear, and her mom asks Stephanie uh, for her opinion on something, and she wanted her opinion, to, she wanted Stephanie's help to decide on what earrings to wear for her date. Arthur is in the living room, gawking at the Swamp Sex Robots video. And uh, when his mom suddenly comes down the stairs, he quickly puts it under a couch cushion and then grabs a Spider-Man comic and pretends to read it. He tells his mom that, his, that her date is late. Stephanie's back and she's back in her room in her, Madonna, her full-out Madonna gear, looking out the window, waiting for her mother's date to show up because, damn, her mom's date and wheels are scheduled to show up at the same time. We see wheels showing up. And as he's showing up at uh, Stephanie's house, a car shows up as well. And it's Stephanie's mom's date. And they show up at the same time, and they both have flowers. They both go to the front door. Arthur answers. <laughs> Wheels asks Arthur what the hell he's doing there, because Ar Wheels doesn't know that Arthur... And, uh, no, as they show up, first of all, as they show up, Arthur sees them from the window showing up at the same time, and he says, oh, no. He opens the door, and Wheels asks him what, why Arthur's there. Because he doesn't know Arthur and Stephanie are brother and sister. Arthur tells Wheels to go away. You're too early. <laughs> As his mom walks downstairs and sees everybody. <laughs> Stephanie's mom sees Wheels and she remembers him from the pharmacy. 
She asks him why he's there and what the, what the flowers are for. <laughs> Arthur tells Wheels that, Arthur tells uh, her his mom that Wheels is very interested in horticulture. <laughs> the mom realizes something ain't right after especially seeing real remembering what Wheels bought. She calls Stephanie, tells her to get downstairs right now. Stephanie again has to cover herself up with the robe. She quickly comes down the stairs, but the robe is not covering everything. And Mom sees the the those pink tights peeking out through the, Stephanie's robe. She tells Wheels to get in the house. And as Arthur closes the door and says, he says, uh, "Goodbye, swamp sex robots." <laughs> God. Oh, Stephanie's mom opens Stephanie's robe to reveal her gear. And she says, I don't know what the two of you had planned, but since Wheels bought what he bought and Stephanie looks like a tramp, she intends to find out. She apologizes to her date, he understands, and he leaves. Stephanie's mom decides she's going to have a talk with young Stephanie and Wheels, thus ruining everybody's plans. But as that is about to happen, that's when there's a knock on the door. (laughs) Arthur opens the door and it's Yick! Alex and another kid. <laughs> Alex says, we want to see the porno. <laughs> Arthur slams the door shut on them, turns around, and has this big shit-eating grin as, he, as his mother's watching. <laughs> oh, I love it. The next day at school, Stephanie and Vula are walking together. Stephanie tells Vula that she's grounded for two weeks, but she's relieved that she didn't have to do anything with wheels. We go to Joey, and he asks Wheels what happened. Wheels says nothing, and that their dates never work out too well. Joey asks if Steph is available now, that we, now and Wheels says yes. Go back to Vula and Stephanie, where Vula asks Stephanie if she was really going to do it with Wheel. Stephanie does a slight shaking of her head, and that's when we get the credits for this classic great swamp sex robot-y episode. <laughs> Oh, Yick and Arthur are great, but also that is a truly true, not just because of swamp sex robots, but I mean, as I've said before, man, that Degrassi, whether it be junior high, high, and even next generation, it really, it went there, man. It went there, which was, uh, especially for Canadian television, that was uh, pushing the limits big time. But that was episode seven. Next is episode eight, entitled Nothing to Fear, air date March the 8th. 1987. We start with LD, who's dressed like a big-time tomboy with her hat and her her unbrushed hair hanging out of the hat and baggy, grunge-style clothing. Not there's anything wrong with that. It's just interesting. I mean, she's—I always thought she was a very good-looking girl, especially the eyes. It's just, just you know, well, whatever. Anyway, she's leaving for school, and her dad, who is working on a car in the garage, tells her to wash the dishes after school. But she wants to help him fix cars, which is cool. But he wants her to start acting like a lady and to get rid of the cap, that hat that she wears, man. After LD leaves, she tells him, she under her, little quietly, she tells him to drop dead. And just then, her dad grabs his chest and tells his assistant to call a doctor. And that's when we get the intro. We're at school. LD is working on a science project with Vula and Spike. And they want to meet after school, but LD says she can't because her dumb dad wants her to uh, home right away to do some cleaning. And she complains about her father not letting her help in their garage. And she casually mentions that after 13 years, yeah, LD's supposed to be 13 here. 
She sometimes wishes her dad would just was just out of her life. We go to Melanie, who's talking with Caitlin, and Caitlin asks her, asks Melanie if she likes Snake. Melanie says yes. Snake shows up to look at the bulletin board, and Melanie says, a giddy hi, Snake. Snake says hi back and smiles at her as he walks away. So, obviously, a slow burn with uh, Melanie and Snake. Melanie's awesome, man. She's she's great, man. <laughs> she's so great. We go to the library where Yick and Arthur tell Susie and Melanie that their snake, Amadeus, is gone from his tank and they can't find him. Hearing this, Melanie starts to panic, saying that it's somewhere slithering, slinking, and can crawl up someone's leg. <laughs> Arthur and Yick assure Susie that they'll find the snake and they start calling out to it. <laughs> They start saying, Amadeus, Amadeus. <laughs> this is just, I don't know any much about snakes, but I'm, I'm, I assume they don't answer to their names. <laughs> but Arthur and Yick, man, they're awesome, so they're forgiven. <laughs> LD returns home, to, and she finds out via her dad's assistant that her dad's in the hospital. She starts to worry because she wished death on him earlier, and LD hates hospitals. I'm not a fan of hospitals either. Not a fan at all. Uh... So LD skips the meeting for the science project with Vula and Spike. Spike complains that Vula has, sorry, that LD has done this kind of thing before, and she always has an excuse. LD is given a list of things to bring to her dad at the hospital, and she starts panicking. She comes across a picture in her dad's room, a picture of her mother, and she starts having audio flashbacks about her mom being taken to the hospital when she, when LD was a little kid. We go to Vula and Spike. And they call LD at home and ask where she is. And LD says that she forgot, which ticks off Spike. LD's dad's assistant tells LD that it's time to go to the hospital, but LD doesn't want to go because she'll get in trouble if she doesn't clean the kitchen. The assistant says okay and goes on his own. Back to the dynamic duo of Arthur and Yick. Yeah, they're so awesome. And uh, <laughs> they've been given permission to make an announcement to the whole school. <laughs> So they say over the PA system over the school that a snake is on the loose. <laughs> and that's when we cut to Melanie, who is freaked out still. And she's wearing this huge pair of friggin' fishing boots with, <laughs> with tape around them. And she's looking like, it looks like Santa Claus boots. <laughs> oh, she's, so, she's so awesome. <laughs> snake sees the boots. He grins at Melanie and says he likes her boots. <laughs> We go to gym class. <laughs> oh, that girl is so great. <laughs> we go to gym class. Spike and Vula ask LD if she can help with the science project after school. LD says she can't. Spike freaks out. And uh, LD tells her that her dad's is in the hospital. And Spike apologizes. School lets out and it seems that everybody in school already all of a sudden knows about LD's dad. And she heads to her bike. And everybody, including Joey, offer their sympathy for her. LD goes home and asks her dad's assistant what it's like living alone. He says it's great. And he tells her to say hi to her dad for him. And she freaks that she has to go alone to the hospital. So LD goes to, to the hospital, St. Michael's Hospital here in Toronto, to visit her dad. We see shots of the classic TTC streetcars, including I think it was the 507 route. LD nervously enters the hospital. And she's in the uh, the foyer, the lobby and everything. And that's when she starts to have more uh, audio flashbacks from when her mom was sick. 
And during these audio flashbacks, we suddenly see that LD is surrounded by people in wheelchairs and on gurneys. And LD's just getting more uncomfortable. So she runs quickly to the hospital receptionist to give uh, the, her the flowers that are for her dad. Asks the receptionist to give the flowers to her dad in room 40-something. The receptionist says that, hey, visiting hours aren't over yet. You can bring them herself. But LD insists and the receptionist says okay and the ld just takes off and leaves she goes to a payphone outside the hospital and calls her dad he tells her that he just needs to watch his diet and that he he wishes that she came to see him she tells him that she'll see him tomorrow maybe she hangs up looks back at the hospital from outside and you really can't help but feel bad for ld man can't help but feel bad for her she she, she, the character i don't know what i probably should look up the character's actual names the girl who plays LD, great job playing her. She's very good at getting that emotional sympathy from people. Well, at least from me. We're back at school. Arthur, Yick, and Susie are still looking for the snake. So they came up with an idea. They built a trap consisting of a cardboard box and slices of bologna. <laughs> and they go to the school's boiler room and they leave the trap set up there. Seriously. Bologna slices from lunch meat packages. Uh, that's why they're awesome, man. We go to see Melanie. She's still wearing the big Santa boots, which look like serious. They look like fishing boots. Basically, boots you would wear in the mud. <laughs> uh, she's so great. Alex sees them. Alex and uh, and uh, friends, as Melanie is at her locker, they hang a rubber snake over top of the door. Melanie sees it, freaks, and yells, Snake! Snake, who is like just two lockers down from her, says, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Vula and Spike get to class. And uh, they get the class to pitch in money to buy LD's dad some flowers because he sponsored their softball team last summer. Stephanie asks if they really have to go to the hospital because she also hates hospitals. Vula asks LD how her dad, uh, Vula shows, sorry, LD shows up. And Vula asks LD how her dad's eyes look, and LD says they look the same as always. Spike and Vula take the flowers to LD's dad at the hospital, and that's when they find out that LD hasn't visited him yet. He tells them that LD, she tells them to tell LD that her old man is okay. We go back to the school's boiler room. Arthur and Yick check on their baloney trap, <laughs> and it looks like it's caught something. They lift the box and oh, they only find a rubber snake. It's interesting, like this, this, before we continue, this snake on the loose thing is combined with LD's situation. Like, what a random pairing for storylines for an episode. But it's probably also to uh, the snake missing thing is also to help the slow burn with the uh, snake, the character, and Melanie's little thing that will probably be coming up. We'll see. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. We go to the gym, L- Vula finds LD sitting alone in the gym, and she wonders why she hasn't visited her dad. LD says that when her mom went into the hospital when she was just a little girl, like when LD was a little girl, she died even though everyone said that she was going to be okay. LD says that her dad doesn't like her anyway and that he always yells at her. Vula insists that LD go visit him. Meanwhile, Arthur and Yick are still looking for the snake, and now they're looking in the library where Melanie and her boots walk in. <laughs> Melanie suddenly hears a strange noise 
and she sees that the she sees a little snake peeking its head out of someone's gym bag. And that's when Melanie realizes that the snake isn't so scary as she thought, and that it was kind of cute. So there we go. Well done, Melanie. LD finally visits her dad in the hospital, and as she's walking, she's heading to his room. She's having more audio flashbacks, and when she gets to his room, during these audio flashbacks, we find out that LD's real first name, LD is obviously a nickname, her real first name is Lorraine. And when she arrives at her dad's room, she sees that the bed is made, and it looks like everything's been cleaned, and that's when she starts to get sad. She just assumes that something bad happened. But it turns out everything's okay as her dad walks in, greets her, and uh, everybody's ready to leave. And it turns out that her dad had angina, and he's basically just got to watch his diet, watch what he eats, and be healthier, man. He puts LD's cap back on her head, and he tells LD... That it's hard to take care of a teenage daughter. LD replies that he'll get over it. And that's when the credits roll on this great episode. Uh, great episode. I also am not a big fan of hospitals. I've only been to them so many times. But every time I was, at least in my adult life, it was just... Uh, because that's where people are just... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's birth. Good things happen there, like childbirth. But there's also, yeah, sick people and stuff. So what are you going to do? Anyway, that was episode eight of season one of Degrassi Junior High. And finally, it's time for episode nine. Entitled, What a Night. Air date, March 15th, 1987. Starts with Lucy walking around a clothing store or department store. And as she's in the clothing section, she looks around. She grabs a scarf and stuffs it in her bag. And that's when the uh, intro starts with Lucy shoplifting. Ooh. At school, Mr. Radish t- uh, tells Lucy that her marks have been slipping. Uh, this, is be- this is after he tells Lucy that he would like to see her after class. And at- when he says that, Lucy leans into Vula and uh, says that Radish is such a fascist. I don't know what, what, why that makes him a fascist, but young people back then and even today are very stupid. Uh, So at this after-class meeting, Radish asks Lucy if everything's all right at home. She says everything's fine, and and she must be going through a phase. Out in the hallway, Stephanie tells the twins, Heather and Erica, of course, that she wants to uh, go and meet a soap, or she would love to meet this soap opera actor. Because in class, before Radish called Lucy to a meeting after the class, Stephanie was reading one of those soap opera digest magazines. So we go to the library where everybody is watching a soap opera called Days of Passion, starring Damon King, Stephanie's favorite actor. Joey and Wheels are on the couch in the library mocking the show as Michelle is sitting behind them watching. Michelle, a character we have not been introduced yet, but she's going to become a featured character, especially in Degrassi High. She's going to be a, quite the character. Very good character. And in Degrassi Junior High. Um... Lucy comes into the library. She tells Vula about the meeting with Radish and says that she doesn't need spelling because apparently she's having trouble with her spelling. She doesn't need spelling because she's going to be a dancer. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, how are you going to spell YMCA? <laughs> oh! <laughs> Vula tells Lucy that she'll help her study. Lucy's cool with it. <sighs> we cut to Lucy's house where Vula is helping Lucy study spelling. Lucy says that she's bored and that she says that it's her right to flunk if she wants to. 
phone rings and it's Lucy's mom. And Lucy's mom tells her that she'll be late getting she'll be late getting home from work. And Lucy tells her that her mom that her dad is also working late. Lucy tells Vula that she's tired of studying and wants to have some fun. So she decides to give Vula a makeover. Cut to Stephanie and the twins leaving a burger joint. And they're getting all giddy over Stephanie meeting the one and only Damon King. Yeah. Back at Lucy's house, Vula tries on one of Lucy's outfits and, in my opinion, looks ridiculous. It's it's like leopard and it, it, come on. Anybody would look ridiculous in it. Well, especially Vula, who's very, very conservative. She looked totally not right, but what you going to do? <sighs> Lucy talks about how her parents buy her everything and don't bug her because they're not around. Vula asks Lucy if she ever gets lonely, and Lucy says, I'm self-sufficient. Vula says she has to go home, and Lucy tries to convince her to stay. Vula leaves after Lucy gives her one of her scarves. And Lucy's mom calls again, saying that she's going to be home even later than she thought. Lucy says okay, she goes to the fridge, grabs some sushi, and that's when she starts crying. You really got to feel for Lucy, man. All these characters, man, they're great, man. All of them. In- including the really awful actors like Shane and uh, uh, we haven't seen, we're not, we haven't been introduced to Simon yet. That friggin' god awful actor's coming. <laughs> uh, we're back in school. Radish is having, he's, uh, he's giving a spelling test. I don't think, we didn't do spelling in uh, junior high. At least not me. Last time we had spelling courses, if you will, was in grade six. But all right, Degrassi, well done. Uh, Lucy, after this, after the test is done, she's certain she passed with the help of Vula. Stephanie, Heather, and Erica, they go to Damon King's book signing for his book, Confessions of a Soap Opera Star. And the cover of this book looks like it was drawn or designed by a friggin' sixth grader. It looks ridiculous. <sighs> Stephanie goes and meets, walks up to him. It's her turn in line. She tells Damon King... <laughs> That she doesn't have the she doesn't have the money to buy a book, so can she sign her uh, newspaper? He says okay, and as he's asking her, or as he's signing it, he asks Stephanie how old she is, and Stephanie tells him that she's sixteen, even though she's actually fourteen. Damon King replies with, "Sweet sixteen, God, even sixteen back in this day was way too young for an adult with a friggin' person. God damn, come on." Stephanie gets his autograph and tells him, and he tells her that it's mandatory that uh, they get a kiss. So he kisses her on the cheek. Stephanie and the tw- Stephanie freaks out. She says that uh, she's never gonna wash this cheek again. Stephanie takes the autograph paper back to the twins, and one of the twins notices that he left his phone number there with the autograph. Stephanie looks back at Damon King, and he gives her this really ridiculous. Toothy grin. He looks like a moron. God. <sighs> Later she calls him on a, from a payphone, and that's when they plan to go on a date. But Heather, the twin, doesn't think it's a good idea. The other twin, Erica, thinks it's a great idea, though. <laughs> Stephanie doesn't care. She says that she feels like she knows him because she reads about him. <laughs> and he's going to take her to a TV studio for their date. Yep. Radich hands back the spelling tests, and it's funny. One of the twins does great, the other one does crappy. You'd think that they'd both do equally good or bad, but oh well. Lucy ends up doing very well. 
And as a reward for Vula, she, she wants to take Vula on a shopping trip as a thank you. But Vula says she doesn't have any money and Lucy insists. So we go to the department store. And while they're in the clothing and accessory section and Vula's got her eyes on some stuff, Lucy notices this necklace thing. And with nobody looking, including Vula, she stuffs it in her bag. Vula points out a sweater and says that, you know, know, she really thinks it's great. Lucy tells her to get it, but Vula says it's too expensive. Lucy takes the sweater and puts it in her bag. And Vula's like, this isn't right. This isn't cool. So they start to leave. And as they're starting to leave, or as they just leave, there was a woman just a few feet away from them. She pulls out this, she pulls out, who obviously saw everything. She goes into her pocket and she pulls out this ridiculously big walkie-talkie. Oh my God, the 80s, I love it. <laughs> so as they're leaving the store, they get, and uh, Vula is trying to convince Lucy to put the clothes back. Come on, man. They get to an escalator going upward. And uh, as they're getting near the top... A store security guy, security guard, stands there and blocks them. Lucy sees this and she starts. She tries to start running back down the stairs, where another security guard shows up down the stairs. So they're cornered. They got nowhere to go. And it's during this scene when we see the name of the store on one of the shopping carts, and it is Towers, an old department store from back in the day. Towers. Any of you Canadians remember Towers? Yep, Towers, man. I remember Towers. Stephanie is dressed in her usual Madonna gear with the pink spandex number. And she's outside in the dark at night waiting for Damon King to show up. He pulls up in his car. Stephanie gets in. Damon says to her, let's you and me go have some fun. Bloody hell. Back at Towers, the security person tells Lucy and Vula that when people steal, the store has to pay for it. And then they have to raise their prices making people pay more for things. Lucy rolls her eyes like it's no big deal. Vula is worried and Lucy tells her to relax. Vula asks Lucy if she's been caught if she's been caught doing this before and Lucy says no. You think I'd do this all the time? <laughs> just that's just right then a cop shows up, sees Lucy and says, "Well, well, you again. And I see you brought a friend with you this time." Vula looks at Lucy in shock. We cut to Damon King and Stephanie. Damon King stops with his car in a hotel parking lot. Stephanie asks why they're not at the studio. Damon tells her that uh, he thought that they'd stop and talk for a bit. Stephanie tells Damon not to, that she wants to go home. Damon King tries to kiss her and Stephanie quickly exits the car. He quickly gets out too and he tries to calm her down and that's when Stephanie tells him that she's only 14 and then all of her friends knows that she's out with him. Damon King, the friggin' toothy grin idiot, freaks, runs back to his car and drives off. Back at Towers in the security room, Lucy tells the cop that Vula had nothing to do with anything. So at least she's trying to be noble in that respect. We go back to the hotel or in the dark. Stephanie's at a payphone and she's calling her mother from a hotel tells her that she did something dumb. Stephanie's crying and she asks her mom to come and get her. And now we're at the police station. And that's when Vula's parents show up to pick her up. Vula's pissed at Stephanie and calls her dumb. The cops tell Lucy that they can't track down her parents and they're going to have to charge her this time. We go back to school the next day and Stephanie tells the twins all about what happened with Damon Toothboy 
friggin' king loser. And that what looks good on TV can be gross in real life. And that her mom was understanding about the whole thing. A little mad, but still understanding. Vula is still mad at Lucy. Vula says that her parents won't let to talk to one other talk to Lucy anymore. Lucy says that she has to go to court and take family counseling, but her parents probably won't find the time. Vula feels bad for Lucy and says that she'll still help her study. Lucy's grateful, smiles, and that's when we get the credits on another great episode. Man, puts in the envelope, man. Like, how dude was fine that Stephanie was supposedly only 16. But wow, that was another powerful episode of Degrassi Junior High. Oh, here on Degrassi Buddy. Yeah. So that was this episode of Degrassi Buddy, courtesy of CerealGrapeJuice.com. Next episode, we're going to be recapping four episodes. They are the final four episodes of Season 1 of Degrassi Junior High. And they include Episode 10, Smoke Screen. Episode 11, It's Late, which is a good one. Featuring Spike and uh, Shane. For those who know the show, know what's coming. Episode 12, Parents' Night. And Episode 13, which is the season finale, Revolution. So don't so keep an eye out for that next Monday. Courtesy of Degrassi Buddy, Cereal and Grapejuice.com. I am Nairby on Twitter. I am Nairby on Instagram. I am also Nairby in Swamp Sex Robots Part 2. Nairby uh insert something here that's funny. Alright. Anyway, that was Degrassi Buddy. Share the love. Tell people about it. And yeah, man, let me get some fans. And then if you're lucky, maybe I'll have my own book signing. And I'll give you a kiss on the cheek. But of course, you need to be like at least, at least, uh, I'm going to say 20 if you want to visit the 2V TV studio. Only I actually will have a 2V studio I can like take you to. And then we'll go out and then we'll, we'll have uh, burgers and, a, and, a ch- and floats. And then I'll take you home and everything will be fine. Because I'm not a dumbass like Damien Toothy King. <laughs> but keep an eye on out for that. Good stuff is coming out. Well, it's already been good, but there's, it's going to get even more interesting as Spike is going to experience some uh, pretty crazy stuff for a kid her age. As is Shane, but especially Spike. So join us for that next week here on Degrassi Buddy. Go have a good sleep, and then when you wake up in the morning, we're going to take care of that shyness and lowliness. Have a lovely day. <laughs>